Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Also, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sonny D. All right. So. NHL season now is closer to being over than it was to starting. Time fucking flies. Super Bowl has been won. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes making that big step in in creating what could end up being uh, a tremendous NFL career. Um, I think it was as Shannon Sharp said, like, we are watching a guy who has goat ceilings. Like he, his ceiling in terms of what he can accomplish is goat greatest of all time. Like that's what we have a chance to be watching here with Patrick Mahomes. It's crazy. And I mean, unless we forget, we've got this other really interesting guy also in the AFC Lamar Jackson right up on his heels who quite honestly had a remarkable regular season. And in a way, just as, I mean, they have, they bring different skill sets, but fuck with him too. I mean, they choked a little bit in the playoffs, but I do think at the end of the day, it's growing pains. I mean, the Chiefs lost to New England, I believe, last year. So it's part of the growing process. You know, you, you, you have to, you, there's steps. Um, but nonetheless, yes, we've seen an entire NFL season begin and end in what seems like a blink of an eye. Like that, it's been a fast moving fall a relatively fast-moving winter. We're already into February. We're two months into 2020 already. We're into the second month. Like, how crazy? One month is already behind us in 2020. Like, let's let that ponder and fester a little bit and, and, and percolate. Just a second. One month. So, 0-1, 2020 is over. Done. Behind us. And a week behind us. So crazy. Um, I guess on my shopping list, I do need to get some new earrings because I had to take mine out yesterday and I don't want my holes uh, sealing back up. So got to try and get that done at some point today, maybe uh, this afternoon. I want to still get to the gym today. So we're going to see how all this works out. But nonetheless, uh, let's get into some hockey today. Uh, Focus here on the NHL. Season's wrapping, well, not wrapping up. But we're more than halfway through the All-Star game, which is what it is, um, is behind us. So now we have a situation here where things have fucking gotten interesting very quickly. Alex Ovechkin is currently the league leader in goals. Again! You know, it was just not that long ago that we were like, oh, will he get to 700 this season? Or is it going to be early? No, no, no. Ovechkin has torn it up. And is two goals shy of 700 career goals. He is also two. He's also jumped ahead of David Pasternak, who was on a tear. He's jumped ahead of Austin Matthews and is the first player this year to get to 40 goals. And is on pace for 61 goals this season. He could end up having his, I think it would be his second 60 goal season of his career. This is insane. 
for a guy that people at the beginning of the season were like, ah, can he make a push? Like, what's he going to do? It is crazy what we are seeing. Not only that, remember, a lot of these guys that were getting to 700 career goals or 600 career goals, or six, it was at the end of their career. They weren't scoring 40 goals a season anymore. You know, these weren't guys that were still out there leading the league in goals. Right? This is like, in Alex Ovechkin, we've got a guy, I mean, feasibly when it's all said and done this year, if he gets 21 more goals, that'll put him at 719. 719 puts him 100, well, let's do the math here. I think it's 794, 894 is what he needs to get to, so... Five, seven, so 175 goals away. 175 goals away. Four 40 goal seasons. And then you need another 15 divided by four. So 45 goals, 44 goals, 44 and change. Four 44 goal seasons and a 45 are thrown in there. Get him the all time goal record. I mean, whether he can get there or not remains to be seen. 450 goal seasons makes him the first to get to 900 in the NHL. Gets him 900 career NHL goals. 540 goal seasons gets him 900 career NHL goals. Who would have thought we'd be talking Gretzky numbers. Gretzky numbers. And lest we forget, of all of these accomplishments that Ovechkin has, you know, I think it's now only, you know, one of four to this, one of three to this, one of this to that. He's the only person in those conversations who didn't play in the 80s when everybody scored 40 and 50 goal seasons. Like, let's let that percolate a little bit. He has done this in a salary cap era where, no, we couldn't just build supporting casts around him. And lest we forget, there was also a few years there where he slacked, not necessarily slacked off, but he didn't seem happy playing hockey. And is still going to get to 700 career goals. Imagine that. So you take a couple of those 30-goal seasons. Add 20 more. That's 40 more. So 40 more puts him at 638. Like now you're 160 away. Less than. You're within that 150 range. Whoo! Whoo! That's getting done. So, I mean, that's crazy. Like, I mean, we have witnessed a truly all-time talent. In Alex Ovechkin. And we see what I've talked about in the past about, you know, what we understand about nutrition and fitness and taking care of ourselves. And what I've seen even in myself at a recreational level, right? In just doing, and I talked about this in the last episode, about that sport and position specific training, knowing your weaknesses, knowing your strength, knowing what you can improve on, what you need to improve on, all of these things. LeBron James, I think it was uh, it was Conor McGregor when he came was coming back to fight Cowboy Cerrone and said, "Hey, LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body, on taking care of himself and making sure he is a well-oiled, 
finely tuned machine of domination. And I spend zero. And I party and I drink and yes, that's why some shit's been going bad for me. Like that's, to be able to reflect on that and then come back and beat Cerrone, I mean, fucking A. Connor. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's 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 the evolution of the game, right? And as and as players are equipping themselves in the offseason, they're working with, you know, high-level trainers that are tailoring everything they do specifically to getting the most out of them. You know, we talk there's been a lot of talk about the Gary Roberts effect, right? And and training with Gary Roberts and people that I mean don't haven't ever played at that level or close to that level talk about it too. There's nothing wrong with that. We all have a right to talk about it and, and all of that. But um, I, I had a former coworker who, I mean, oh my word, for someone who never made it um, that far in, in, in sports, let alone hockey, and just all the shit that they would talk and, and how they were the fucking expert. And, and, and not only that, the craziest thing was is that expertise extended to absolutely everything in their life, even things that they would have, they would have no possible expertise. At least, this, at least this person played hockey. They never, they were never a medical doctor, but yet they were an expert in medicine. Right? It's it just, there's always that, there's always one. There's always one in every fucking setting. There's always one. Um, and I just happen to have had to have worked with one, but nonetheless, there's always one. So forgetting the fact that there is always one, we, um, there, there's the talk of working with Gary Roberts. And I think he might've been one of the first ones to really push that. Right. And players, you know, wanted to take that next step in their career would go and train with Gary Roberts. and, and nothing against, I'm not saying there's anything against that, but it's happy to, I'm happy to see this now. Right. The amount of time and effort being put into taking care of oneself and the dividends it pays. You know, I look at myself a year ago, 18 months ago, you know, I was in a horrible depressive cycle and I mean, I wasn't getting out of bed until one o'clock in the afternoon. You know, Jess would text me and be like, and, and say, Hey, what do you, you know, how's it going? Good. Just getting up. Like I just, I couldn't. Right. And it's just amazing to see just taking care, better care of myself and being more at how the benefits that's had, you know. So anyway, that's not the point of today. Just wanted to, I was a bit of a, a sidetrack there. But nonetheless, Ovechkin doing something absolutely incredible. How you'll know he got to 700 if you didn't see it. Probably load up any sports website that you follow, any of the major ones, TSN, Sportsnet, whichever one it might be. That will probably be the, the story. If he gets there, like that will be the header Ovechkin 700, um, which is absolutely insane. I mean, we're in a, in a chance that we're likely going to see him get to 800. Like that's, what's really crazy about it. Even if he doesn't get to Gretzky numbers, he'll still get more than likely to 800. And I think that's the t- conversation to have. Does not necessarily, does he break Gretzky number? Does he get to 800? Does the great eight get to eight? And I think that's the debate. I personally think he does. I think, with, as I just I made the argument for taking care of yourself, just the size, the strength, the skill set, everything. 
years he has left, I think Ovechkin can comfortably get to 800. I think that's going to be a story. And I mean, even if he doesn't break Gretzky numbers, the fact that in the modern era he got to 800 career goals is going to be such a remarkable achievement. 800 career goals. He got his Stanley Cup, his numerous um, individual awards, uh, more Rocket Richard trophies than anybody else. It's just insane. Like, it is going to be one of the most talked about careers in of his era. I I cannot wait to have that debate. Uh, maybe I'll have to do it with my boys down in the Vegas Squares podcast when it happens. And uh, maybe next time I'm down in Vegas, we can uh, we should do it where we do an episode of their podcast. Then we do an episode of mine where we have the debate of when it's all said and done. Can I can't wait to talk about... Crosby's career and Ovechkin's career in hindsight. The hindsight conversations, the the reflection, the look backs. Oh my God. But anyway, uh, Ovechkin, I think in my opinion, career-wise, will get to 800. I think he gets there. Nonetheless, the other thing I wanted to talk about are some goalies. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs have finally addressed their backup goaltending issue, which has been a mess, an absolute mess um, since preseason uh since training camp when michael neuvers showed up out of shape and not really wanting to play uh from the sounds of it uh, i was not there i am not michael neuvers i do not know michael neuvers so i cannot speak for what exactly was going on but from the sounds of it it would seem that michael neuvers just did not want to play in net for that price anymore whatever it might be uh, Neuvirth has been around for a long time, like, lest we forget. I mean, the guy just doesn't age. He still looks 16. Um, but uh, Mr. Neuvirth, um I guess, just wasn't feeling it, whatever it was. But it left them in an awful situation. They had let um, – and it was it this year or last year that they let uh, – oh, yeah, it would have been this year – last year that they let Pickard and McElhaney go um, in exchange going for Garrett Sparks, and we saw that disaster – um, that it was, and I mean, there was, there was some, there was met, there was a mental game aspect to it and a physical game aspect to it that wasn't there by the end of the season for Garrett Sparks. And I feel bad for him. I really do. And I think, you know, as, as much as we're quick to, you know, get on the guy, I mean, that's a huge confession. I mean, and there were some powerful statements made during that time period last year by Garrett Sparks, you know, saying, I'll be ready for next season. I mean, imagine admitting, like, I am just not fucking there right now. Like, that's a hard thing to admit, especially in a market like Toronto. I mean, this isn't one of these markets where nobody gives a shit. This is the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs. So, I mean, that was a powerful, strong, and very sad admission I have to make. Nonetheless, um, it was made. <laughs> so, we had that issue with Garrett Sparks. Then the next one would have had to have been somewhere along the lines of, I mean, Michael Hutchinson let that wasn't very good out of the gates. Uh, I mean, looked bad at some point, just point blank bad. And in Jack Campbell, it was an interesting story because they were talking, and I remember some conversations early in the year about how is he now the heir apparent? Does this make Jonathan Quick expendable? I mean, Jonathan Quick's Jonathan Quick. Two Stanley Cups, I mean, it don't lie. Um, reality is reality. You can't discredit that accomplishment and that achievement. Um, but with that being said, that's the past. Uh, in all of sports, we always look for the what have you done for me lately? 
and there was talk even Jonathan Bernier out of Detroit bringing him back, uh, especially with Freddie Anderson now being out. But the problem, I mean, in a salary cap area, you can't just go and get whoever you want. Logistically, so they had to make a move. They got brought in Jack Campbell. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting situation because you also get a goalie with some term, from what I understand. They get him for two more years. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I mean, if Jack Campbell can give them that solidarity in the backup role, now all of a sudden you have that opportunity to do kind of what we were they were talking about at the beginning of the year and that what I've talked about here in terms of load management for a starting goalie, where if you can get... 32 quality starts out of Campbell. Now you're only having to worry about getting 50 outstanding, you know, 50 prime starts out of Freddie Anderson. Uh, I had said in a crazy move, let's trade some bigger pieces and go after uh, John Gibson in Anaheim. I mean, fuck, Freddie would be so mad to see that um, because you're, I mean, you get Gibson, Gibson's your new number one guy. Basically, that's what you're saying. If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you went out and got John Gibson, which I still think they should, uh, you go out and you basically told Freddie, thank you, but this is the direction we're going in now. Um, <clears throat> but regardless, I mean, I, I, I watch Leafs lunch most days, and I mean, they're there to talk about the Leafs, right? Um, but I mean, they're big fans, and a lot of people are fans of Freddie Anderson. I don't know. I don't know that I'm there with Freddie Anderson yet. Um, and the problem is with goalies, right? There's such that window of not there yet to will I get there to they didn't get there um, for me. And I think that there's an honesty that has to come with that. Uh, so Freddie Anderson, I think, I mean, while he is a top tier goalie in the NHL, I don't know that he's there yet for me. Like, I don't know that I'm that big a believer on he's the guy that gets the Leafs a cup. Again, do they get if they got John Gibson, they get a cup. I mean, they shore up some of those things on the blue line that they need to. I feel more comfortable with John Gibson in that net than I do Freddie Anderson. I'm just being honest. Uh, but that's one of the stories there. Um, but the other two are two store are as a story of two goalies um, that are seemingly going in two very, very, very different directions. Um, Andre Vasilevsky got off to a bit of a slow start this year, um, but in his last. 17 games now. I think he's 15-0-2 because I believe uh, Tampa Bay beat uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins last night, uh, making some incredible saves. And Andre Vasilevsky is a weird one for me. As I said, here was a guy that John Cooper, who's still the current head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, had preferred to put a, a busted-up Ben Bishop on one leg in that net versus putting Vasilevsky when they made it to the cup final against Chicago versus now all of a sudden he's your guy and he won the Vesna trophy last year. And I mean, he's putting up numbers now to make a late charge at a Vesna trophy. I think when you look at it, I mean, number for number, I mean, the other contenders could very well be Carey Price, maybe um, Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. Uh, from my beloved Winnipeg Jets. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury maybe in Vegas. But, I, I mean, here comes Vasilevsky. And here's a guy that I just don't know. I don't know how to feel about Andre Vasilevsky. I think the front runner though, right now, might be Jordan Binnington. I think Binnington might very well get it this year. Um, and St. Louis is looking very scary as a chance of repeating. Uh, I don't know how many teams in the Western Conference truly can beat them over a seven-game series right now. They are looking good and playing good. The Jets might be the only ones, right? The Jets might do to them 
what uh, the Blues did to them last year. But uh, nonetheless, Andre Vasilevsky slowly come into his own of late. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick, taking 19 uh, overall in the 2012 draft. Um, but um, he is in year three or three of his contract um, with a cap of only $3.5 million. Uh, so they got him, uh, and he'll be an RFA. Like, he will be a restricted free agent. Um, so they, I mean, because of his age, and that was, a bit, I think, a big reason why they let Bishop go and said, let's let's run with Vasilevsky, is let's see him. Now, he does some outstanding things, isn't that? Very athletic goalie, kind of uses his entire body to cover the net. I remember back in my, that was kind of how I played. Like, I was very unconventional, but using whatever I could and using my dexterity, using my athleticism. As I said back then, I had tremendous mobility and flexibility in my legs and my hips and my groins uh, from all those years of dance and just the constant stretching. And I remember after getting some injuries, how important I rem- stretching had become for me um, and doing stretching. Like, every night I would do some stretching. Uh, so much so it was always, it was kind of like, it became a thing. Like friends of mine, girlfriends of mine would be like, Oh, sign, go do the splits now. I, yeah, okay. And it just became kind of one of those weird things. People would always want to see my flexibility and all of that. So with Vasilevsky though, you have a situation here where a guy, he's coming off winning the Vezina could win back to back Vezina trophies. And in turn, Oh, one second here. It says that they did re-sign him. Oh, so his current they signed him to an extension. Okay. So he's already re-signed. Okay, never mind then. All right, I see what... Well, what, what is going on here? Set his entry level. What the fuck? Okay, current contract. Okay, here we go. So Vasilevsky going get ta- is going to get taken care of. He is going to get taken care of. Oh my God, is he going to get taken care of? So, um, yeah, Vasilevsky signed a big. Um, so never mind. He is not um, a pending RFA because in July he signed an eight-year, seventy-six million dollar contract extension. So Vasilevsky's getting paid, um, and especially for a guy that has a shot at doing back-to-back Bezinas. Uh, so good for Andre Vasilevsky. Again, I don't, I just don't know where I'm at on him. I just don't know where I'm at on Andre Vasilevsky. He, um, again, it's a weird thing. And I, I remember, and I, it was sad actually at the All-Star game. I was watching the skills competition. They had this, the one goaltending competition was, which was the save street competition, which what if I played in the NHL, blah, 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 that would have been my competition. I always, when I was growing up, that was my big thing was being the goalie on the break. Like was just, you're not beating me in shootout style. Anyway, um, the disappointment in his face when Bennington ended up winning. Um, you can see it on his face. And so, I mean, he's a workhorse and he's he's a champ. Uh, so I give him some credit. But yes, looking to try and win back-to-back Beznas. I think I was saying this, they were saying this morning um, that he will be the, if he does do it, he would be only the fourth goalie to win back-to-back Beznas, um, joining the likes of Martin Broder, Dominic Hasek, and Patrick Waugh. I mean, that's, some, that, that's good company. Like that, that's solid company. Um, at the end of the day, like that's, that is the elite of company. Those are three faces that are on the Mount Rushmore of NHL goaltending period. Um, but yes, 
The other side of it is a story of another goalie who cashed in this offseason. Uh, none other than our boy Sergei Bobrovsky, who signed a seven-year contract, which will basically, I think at this point, take him to the end of his career. Uh, the problem with Bobrovsky is, man, he's put on some city miles on that on that body of his. He's got some city miles on him. He has been a workhorse and was arguably the reason why, or one of the biggest reasons why Columbus was as good as they were for as long as they were. And I mean, that was also part of why he got injured a fair bit and was, you know, you get those wear and tear injuries as we, as I talk about. And as I've talked about, you know, with Jess, I, I, I mentioned it to my mom the other day. I was like, fuck man, you know, you play some of these games and you get those wear and tear pains. Right now I have this kink in my back and I don't have NHL therapists to look at it, but it is actually affecting my day-to-day life. Recreational sport wear and tear is affecting me. Like, how fucking messed up is that? But anyway, um, Bobrovsky's getting paid um, for a guy who isn't playing that well. Um, looking at his stats right now, 39 games played, a 325 goals against average, and a sub-900 save percentage. For a guy with a cap hit of $10 million, who signed a seven-year, $70 million deal. Oh my god. So, I mean, and in Florida, they were a team that was looking to take that next step. That was why they got Bobrovsky. They lost Bobby Lou. Uh, or they, well, I mean, Bobby Lou was ready to hang it up. I, mean, I think the guy retired at 40, uh, which was sad. I, I Bobby Lou became a name... I mean, A, before he played in the NHL, but B, when I was still in elementary school, Bobby Lou was a name. So anyway, Bobby Lou, um, done. Uh, so they upgraded, well, not upgraded, but they brought in Sergei Bobrovsky. And I heard a comment the other day, they were saying, well, at least they're not paying $10 million to James Reimer, who's the backup in, in Florida. Well, I don't, I don't think James Reimer was asking for $10 million a season, firstly. So that's kind of a ridiculous comment to make. At least they're not paying James. But what if James Reimer was putting up $10 million a year numbers? Why the fuck wouldn't you pay him that money then? So I, I, I really sometimes get a little annoyed with some of the commentary that's made. Because it's kind of like, well, fuck you. Who the heck are you to say, oh, well, at least they're not paying this person that kind of money. Well, if that person's putting up the numbers, and right now I am going to actually look up what James Reimer uh, numbers are. And if he's putting up better numbers than Bobrovsky, I mean, yes, I'm, I don't think James Reimer was ever was going to be in the $10 million a year kind of range, but... um. At the end of the day, if he was putting up good numbers and they felt, hey, you could be our guy moving forward, well, at the end of the day, so his salary is $3 million. So they have $13 million tied up in goaltending. Yikes! And not only that, he still has six, uh, Bobrovsky still has six years left on this disastrous deal. It's kind of like the new Roberto Luongo deal. How the fuck do you move this thing? Who the hell is going to take on $10 million for a goalie that is now well into their 30s in Bobrovsky by next season? And this, these are the numbers he's putting up. Like, at least, like, Pekka Rene won a Vesna a couple. I mean, and so did, 
I mean, so did, um, what's his name? Uh, Bobrovsky just recently. Ah, here it is. So in 22 games played, James Reimers, 13 wins, six losses, one overtime loss with a 251 goals against average. So significantly better than the three something that missed than the 325 that Bobrovsky's putting up and a 920 save percentage. Oh, he's in Carolina now. Not even in Florida. Whoops. Um, and a 920 save percentage with three shutouts in Carolina. So I guess that's where they said at least they didn't pay it to um, Reimer and keep Reimer around. But, I mean, Reimer's putting up better numbers than uh, Bobrovsky. So, I mean, and, and Reimer a few years ago was the reason why the Leafs had gotten into the playoffs. So... <laughs> I mean, people always have something nasty to fucking say. So even last year, so last year in Florida, let's say they'd chosen to give Reimer the 10 million. Now he's in Carolina. Whoops. So now maybe I'm talking out of my ass a little bit here. But anyway, last year in uh, Florida, he had a, in 36 games played, went 13 and 12, 13, 12 uh, with five overtime losses uh, 309 goals against, which isn't that great, but he still had a 900 save percentage. The year prior in Florida, playing 44 game, appearing in 44 games with 30, 42 starts, he went 22-14 and basically six with the six overtime losses, 299 goals against, and a 913 save percentage with four shutouts. Year prior to that, in 39 starts, 18 and 18, 16 and five. With a 253 goals against average and a 920 save percentage to go along with four shutouts. The year prior to that, in thir yes, in 39 starts, so he had 42. Yeah, so 42 starts was the 22, 14, and six. 39 starts, 18 and 16 with five. Uh, so 18, 16, and five with a 253 goals against a 920 save percentage. And three shutouts. The guy can play. I mean, he had a bit of an off year there in San Jose in 15-16, in but still put up good numbers. 162 goals against a 938 savers engine and three shutouts. Granted, only an eight start, but still, it's good numbers. Um, I mean... What do you want at a certain point? And I and I I love uh, James Reimer. I mean, he's a he's a Manitoba boy. Uh, so I, I've got to stand by him. And I think he's just kind of gotten an unfair shake. But to say, oh, at least they're not paying this money to James Reimer. Fuck that. Maybe they should have paid that money to James Reimer. You probably could have gotten James Reimer at a discount and let someone else get Bobrovsky. Now, with that being said, I don't think anybody truly anticipated Bobrovsky to be having the disastrous season that he's having. Firstly, secondly, I had heard a lot of talk going into that July 1st uh, frenzy that Florida was going to be getting both Bobrovsky and Panarin. That was some of the talk going around. And I had said, man, if they get both of those two, they are the cup favorite. But again, you never know how things are going to play out. So Panarin went to New York having a good year there. Bobrovsky went to Florida, having a shitty year there. Reimers in Carolina, having a decent year there. So I mean, it's that. But it's just, I hate when they make these comments. Oh, at least they're not paying this person. Well, you know what? Maybe they should have. 
But anyway, or maybe you shouldn't be paying goalies $10 million in today's NHL. I was having a buddy, uh, a talk with my buddy about this. And no longer do you have the room for a $10 million goalie. Right? So if you're going to go ahead and let's say Carey Price is your guy. So let's say Carey Price is the bar by which we measure all goalies. And we say Carey Price is the best goalie. All right. Let's take a look at Carey Price's numbers. Carey Price is at 10 and a half and most people consider him to be the best in the league. All right, fine. So if Carey Price, ten, yeah, so he's an annual cap hit of 10 and a half mil. At the end of the day, most of that was completely front loaded. Oh my God. Uh, but nonetheless, his, his agent did good for him. My word. Carey Price is good. So he's in year two. So five year. Yeah. So he, this might take him to the end of his career. At the end of the day, there's an argument to be made that for instance, does even he get 10 and a half million? And if he's 10, what has 10 and a half million done? Like it, 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 it chews up so much of your cap that you're asking so much of these guys that it just, it, I don't think in today's NHL, there is a formula to make it work with a 10 or a $10.5 million goalie in there. It just does not work. I don't think the NHL is in the business anymore of $10.5 million goalies. It just, I'm sorry, and as a former goalie myself, and I guess current rec league goalie, and who knows, right? Fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Thomas, I think made his made his first like serious run as a starter in the NHL at like 32 years old. Um, which would be crazy. I mean, that would take such, I mean, that would take the summer of my life to get into that kind of shape and ability, but nonetheless, uh, when you look at this, it's just, I don't see how it works. I really and truly just don't see a formula in which a $10.5 million goalie is what's sitting in there. I think it's one of those positions, whilst it's incredibly important in the modern NHL, there's a cap on how much a goalie can and probably should be making in a salary cap era. And, I mean, yes, I'd love to have Carey Price. If I was building a team, of course I'd want Carey Price in there. But I also know how tied up my hands are at having him in there at 10.5 mil. So, nonetheless, I think I've rambled on enough about hockey. Uh, we're going to see some magic this year. The grade eight getting to 700 career goals. Um, and, I mean, we're going to see how this plays out. I mean, if Vasilevsky continues on his tear, Binnington keeps playing as solid as he's playing, it's going to be an interesting race for the Vezina. Cup predictions, I see it being possibly a Washington-St. Louis final. Uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be awesome hockey, but uh, nonetheless, still a little too early to predict. Uh, my beloved Jets, I don't think, are making the playoffs. I'm just going to stand by that. Um, but nonetheless, I thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast and the continuing growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. I thank you so much. Take care and bye-bye for now.